Welcome to the Sports Pro Podcast, getting inside the sports industry and recording it on audio. Hello and welcome to this special edition of the Sports Pro Podcast. I'm Nick Friend, and what follows is my conversation with Alex Kaplan, President of Discovery Golf, where we discuss all things golf TV ahead of the January launch of the OTT product. Let's start from the beginning of this process. Why, why golf? Why something so extensive? As Discovery um, is, is uh, focused on kind of the next stage of our evolution, like all media companies, and uh, trying to adapt as consumers are um, watching and consuming content in different ways, and everyone knows digital is, uh, is obviously becoming more and more important. We've looked for the, the, the right types of opportunities that fit with our legacy and fit with what we've done uh, in sort of traditional media and to apply that to digital. What that means is we want to go really deep into super fan verticals. That's what we've done over time, whether it's with food or science or animals with Animal Planet. Um, and we've made the same bet with sports. You know, we've, one, one of the challenges we've had in the past is uh, some of our other sports assets is trying to be all things to all people in a digital environment is difficult. We can offer consumers tennis um, uh, in January, but if we don't have tennis on the platform again for another three or four months, uh, in, a, in the world of digital subscription, uh, that's a very tough, tough offering. So for us, golf was incredibly interesting because, one, we had the opportunity to go uh, deep and long-term to buy all of the content from the PGA Tour, the live content, the non-live content, the archival content, everywhere in the world. Uh, we had the opportunity to buy it for, uh, uh, for 12 years and potentially beyond, which gives us plenty of time to build. And then golf is interesting because uh, while it's a massive audience in some markets and more of a niche audience in, in other markets, what, what, what I think is the case everywhere is it's an incredibly engaged, passionate fan base. They don't just watch golf. They live golf, they play golf, they buy golf clothes, they travel around golf, they bet on golf. All of those things allow us to go deeper and deeper and really create an immersive digital vertical that we think we can scale over time around the world. Sure. How much demand do you, do you see there being for a global OTT golf product? Demand will vary by market. Um, clearly, in, in countries like the, the UK or Spain or Japan, where, where golf is a, a top-tier sport, the demand will be greater than it is. Uh, an emerging market like India initially, although we think that can change over time. Um, and so, you know, look, it won't be the same everywhere, but as we add to the product portfolio and the portfolio goes beyond just live content, we think we can create more demand even in those emerging markets because it might not be, hey, pay us $300 for all the live content. It might be, hey, let's uh, tune in and watch some instructional content or learn about a local hero. So, uh, you know, the answer to your question is, Demand will vary, but we think we can create content and build a product that will appeal to a wide uh, array of golf fans around the world. And by having all those media rights, the live and the non-live and the highlights and, and so much more, what, what kind of opportunity does that give you to, to build a content schedule and, and to build a, a variety of platforms to show this all on? Yeah, I mean, what's so exciting, one of the challenges with golf, um, when you look at the PGA Tour or, or, or even any sort of tour around the world, is it's a global sport. People are interested in it globally. The players play all over the world. They create time zone challenges, right? So when you or I, in whatever country that we happen to be in at a given time, are interested in watching or consuming golf, that might not be when the live content is actually on. 
So by owning all the rights, we can create an immersive, really compelling experience. And uh, even if the content isn't live, whether that's catch up, whether that's, hey, let's, let's, uh, let's create something that's the best of Rory McElroy over the past two days or two months. And so there's all sorts of really cool things that we can build because we have all that content. And we can, I think, adjust for some of the challenges of live um, in a way that you can't do on traditional linear television. Sure. And in those regions and markets where, as you say, it's not going to be so easy at the start, how do you look at appealing to those markets where perhaps there isn't necessarily an iconic player to follow or a great tradition of golf? Yeah, well, look, it starts with there are golf fans everywhere. So the low-hanging fruit for us is if you are a golf fan in India or whatever country you might be in, um, we, we want to make sure that you know about this, this product and that you, you engage with us. Um, and, and, that, and, and, and listen, let's, let's not um, run before we walk. We think that's a pretty big opportunity in of itself. I think beyond that, to grow it more than that, look, there actually are local heroes just about everywhere. There's a couple of Indian golfers on the PGA Tour, and there's even more on some of the other tours. Same thing in China. So what we're going to do is, one, we're going to focus on those players that matter, whether it's the local player or give them unique opportunities to engage with the truly world-class golfers, whether that's Tiger or Rory or sort of those household names that matter everywhere. Um, and three, we're going to be really aggressive in making sure it's easy for them to view it. Uh, I think our pricing and packaging strategy in those emerging markets is going to be very different um, than it will look like in an established market where there's clearly going to be a greater willingness to pay. And that's the beauty of this sort of global strategy is we can customize not just the content, but how we deliver the content and how we price the content based on sort of the level of avidity um, and, and how established a given market is. How do you go about localizing the content and, and the platform in order to, just to maximize the opportunity? It's not one thing. Uh, it obviously starts with language, right? I mean, I think if you're in Japan um, and you want to watch PGA Tour golf or, or any other golf that we might acquire, uh, it's going to be very important for us to find a way to, to put that in, in, in local language uh, and not just subtitles, but do it in a, you know, a meaningful, well-produced manner. Uh, number two, I think there's huge opportunities with uh, how we actually produce the content. So one of the challenges in some of in some markets, if you're, let's use Spain, if you're a big Sergio or John Rahm fan, and, and uh, either of them are playing on the PGA Tour, if they're not in contention in a given week, or maybe they don't get into contention until late in the day Sunday, it's going to be very difficult for a Spanish golf fan to follow those particular golfers. This won't happen overnight, but we think we can build in kind of featured group production technology. Um, specific focus on those players so we can create an option for local fans to follow the players that they want regardless of how they're doing in a, um, in a, in a, in a given tournament. Um, we also think there's other ways to localize, you know, in the non-live part, whether that's simple translation or really thinking about how golf fans consume, you know, what's different about how golf's consumed or viewed in Japan versus Spain. And then the final thing I'll add, sort of back to your previous question, um, on, on uh, sort of production and time zones is that's another huge opportunity for us. If the PGA Tour content typically comes on overnight, we're going to be able to offer sort of almost real-time catch-up. So you wake up in the morning, you want to know what happens, we'll be able to deliver that in a really compelling way, which I think is going to be uh, market-specific uh, uh, and then maybe as, as compelling as anything we can do in language uh, because, you know, no one can control for time zones and we think we have some solutions that can um, make that a little bit easier. And in terms of 
what makes this product so different from, I guess, anything that's come before it. Is this ability to localize it in so many different ways worldwide, um, I guess, really crucial to, to everything that you look to achieve through this partnership? Yeah, and again, it won't happen overnight. I mean, I think what, what makes our strategy unique is that we're, like I said, right at the um, onset, we're going really deep in a specific vertical. And so we're going to innovate um, and invest in technology, in content, in localization, specifically for golf fans. Um, there's lots of really compelling things happening um, in the world of digital and sports and Certainly, um, there's lots of folks out there doing amazing, interesting things. Um, uh, I think, you know, our strategy is a little bit unique in that it's all about golf, uh, and it's all about making it local. And I think that focus um, is, is what differentiates us. And that's the bet we're making. And, uh, you know, we're really confident, but we're going to have to see now how we can make it work, and we'll, we'll have some successes, and I'm sure we'll get some things wrong, and then we'll fix them, and, and, and we'll listen to fans, we'll listen to consumers, and we'll continue to evolve until we get it right. Sure, and in, and in terms of that, um, how great a challenge is this, both both for Discovery and and for PGA Tour, given given how unique this is and what and how how wide ranging your your ultimate objective is here? It's a lot of fun. I mean, I guess it's a challenge, but I uh, you know I I think we're all just really excited about the opportunity. And, and again, I'll go back to the fact that this is a long term partnership. We're Discovery is is deep in golf uh, for for the long term, as our, our CEO says, kind of a above the globe, um, and, and, and that gives us time to get this right. So, uh, you know, I, I don't look at it as a negative. I look at it as a positive. We're really committed to doing this, and I think we're going uh, to have some short-term wins, and like I said earlier, we probably won't get everything right, but because we have so much time and because we're so committed and because we have a partner in the PGA Tour and hopefully more partners to come uh, in, in short order that, that will share in our vision, I, I think we're really excited about what's in front of us and, and all the uh, and all that we can create. Sure. What's, what has it been like working from, I guess, what is almost a blank canvas in the sense that this hasn't really been done before? Yeah, it's fun. Um, I mean, there's, there's days when it's, uh, you know, when I wish there were a, a template. Um, but um, this is uh, an idea that we've been talking about for quite some time, uh, whether it's around golf or other sports. Uh, I think there's a lot of um, interest in how sort of traditional sports are going to adapt to digital and being able to innovate and work with really smart people at the PGA Tour and all the great talent that we're bringing on at Discovery and our external partners and think about that every day and have a, a, a CEO and a leadership team that is empowering us to, um, to get creative and, and build something. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll go back to the term I used before. It's just a lot of fun. What is, though, the, the biggest challenge in, in rolling out something like this? Not necessarily in a negative sense, but I guess in something you've had to overcome or perhaps you hadn't foreseen. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think there's one challenge. I mean, you know, a few things. I mean, one, I use the same term, you know, walk before you run. Um, and in product development and in launching new products, um, that's always a challenge, right? We, we have this huge ambition. And, and while what we launch with, we think is going to be a, a great beta product, it's going to be the first step. Um, and so one challenge is making sure that we um, focus on the key deliverable of, of delivering the live content to fans in a way that they can digest and, and enjoy and love off the bat, but not lose sight of our much broader, more ambitious kind of home of golf, golf, golf ecosystem play. 
Um, another challenge is the fact that it's global. Um, we're doing this all over the world. Uh, the, the content mix is slightly different country by country. The localization challenges. Like I said, it's a lot of fun, but it's complicated and it's not easy. And so just managing all of this, building a product in such a short amount of time, uh, you know, in a way that, you know, hasn't been done quite like this before. Um, I, I think the challenge is, is walking before we run and making sure that we pace ourselves and focus on the long term, not the short term. Um, but at the same time, deliver something that's meaningful in the short term. In terms of attracting people to the platform um, at its outset, how do you go about making audiences worldwide aware of, of Golf TV? Well, the beauty of this is that um, we have um, a relationship with the PGA Tour. We're essentially operating PGATour.com outside of the U.S. And so there's going to be um, a, a lot of fans, in particular PGA Tour fans, who, as you can imagine, will go to PGATour.com. They do go to PGATour.com today. So that'll be a huge funnel for us that we control. Obviously, Discovery has a number of digital and linear assets all over the world, particularly in Europe, where we think we can cross-promote. Um, but ultimately, that's part of our challenge. We, we need to create a brand and, and market this so that golf fans, um, no matter where they live, uh, are, are aware of golf TV and understand that this is a place they can come to, to watch and engage with golf in a really unique way. Um, and, and, and back to my other comment about sort of our, our stage rollout, you know, how aggressively we'll mark, we market this will evolve um, and um, get uh, increase over time. Um, so there's all sorts of cool things we can do. I mean, we're not going to launch with this, but I'd like in certain countries, every time you play a round of golf to get a, a uh, you know, a special offer to try out golf TV, uh, especially where golf niche. I mean, we're going to have to really um, get down and dirty and, and figure out who each golf fan is in every country and make sure they're aware of this product and give them a reason to try it. And what about what about those non-golf fans? What about the the newer audiences that you that you can try and attract with with something like this? Yeah, I think that's going to be important, particularly as we as we grow and evolve. Um, Golf continues, uh, you know, golf is, is, is popular, but I, I, would, I think one of the opportunities is that in some respects there are golfers out there that are more popular and more famous than the sport of golf is popular. And so one of our opportunities is to, to work with some of those players um, and, and leverage the amount, the amazing amount of interest and passion that exists uh, around their performance, but really just their lifestyle and tap into that with a younger, broader audience that perhaps isn't tuning into golf uh, in, in, in the traditional sense. And on that, how much of a ready-made audience, I know you've said that, that golf is popular worldwide, but how much of a ready-made audience is there for golf to be beyond the U.S.? Uh, no, I, I, think, I, think there's a, I think there's a large audience. Um, you know, there's a, uh, uh, like I said earlier, uh, it varies by country, but we think there's some low-hanging fruit. If you're a golf fan today and you're watching golf on TV, wherever where you, wherever you live, uh, this is going to be an interesting either alternative or addition to um, how you how you currently consume golf. Certainly, um, I don't think we've been shy about the fact that our ambition goes beyond that built-in audience. But uh, I, I, I probably sound like a broken record, but walk before you run, and a great place to start is the the golf fans that exist today. Um, and so uh, we're, we're going to get beyond them, but um, uh, it's, it's where we're going to start. Absolutely. And, and with those existing fans, is there a fear or a concern at least that, the, that with the demographic and the traditional demographic of the golf fan and, 
and the OTT sphere, the, the digital sphere away from perhaps traditional broadcasting, that people might be reluctant to, to go to Golf TV, to go to an OTT product? Well, the beauty of our, the construct of our deal is we're, we're not suggesting that we're taking golf off of, of linear TV. We think linear and digital can work together. Um, and so, uh, as I said earlier, we acquired all of the rights from the PGA Tour. So, in so much as golf is still a, a traditional uh, television product, which in many markets it will continue to be and should continue to be, we're going to benefit from that. And uh, this is easier said than done, but we're looking to strike deals with partners like we have in Japan, where we can uh, put the golf content uh, on, put the PGA Tour content on linear television and then work with that partner on a combined digital offering that, to, to your earlier point, can expand the audience and provide an even more comprehensive, deep, immersive experience uh, to uh, interact with golf beyond that broadcast. And so I, I look at that as the opportunity. How can digital and linear work together? We all know linear digital is happening. We all know that's where consumers are going. Um, but, but linear TV is not going anywhere uh, anytime soon, and, and we think they can work together, and that's our bet. Sean, you mentioned that. Uh, Jupiter Golf deal in, in Japan. Can we anticipate seeing many more similar arrangements then occurring, I guess, worldwide over the next few months? Yeah, you'll see some, some announcements from us, but I'll say that, you know, every country is different. Um, and so um, every partner is different. And, uh, you know, our goal is to make sure that we make PJ Tour and golf in general um, as readily available um, to fans country by country as possible and do it in a way that works within our golf TV strategy. So you'll see a number of different flavors out there. And uh, like I said earlier, we're going to learn over time. Um, uh, and so, so, so I do think that's a great model. Um, and it's one we'll, we'll replicate, but we'll adjust based on individual market dynamics as well. What constitutes success for, for what you are looking to achieve? I guess over this over the initial 12 years, and then, as you said, possibly beyond, what would be, what is the ultimate goal for, for Golf TV and for this partnership? Yeah, I, I think um, we want to grow the game of golf. Um, we want to, uh, over time, uh, you know, bring in a, a, a newer fans. But more than anything for us, we want to scale this global platform. We want to make this a go-to destination for anyone that interacts with golf. And for us, this is going to be successful if we can create that scale. It won't happen uh, in, in one or two years. It's going to take time as the rights roll in and as we learn and as we um, build and invest in the product. But for us, success is, is, is this concept of going deep in a single sport vertical working and fans and consumers loving what we build and interacting and engaging with us. And as you said, this is obviously a long-term project. But over the course of this long term, how, how do you take this to the next level? Is there is there scope for artificial intelligence, for augmented reality, for, for whatever new technology might come in between, you know, between now and 2030? 20, yeah, I think certainly on the digital side, we want to, you know, as new technology emerges, whether it's um, in the, you know, in the betting or artificial intelligence space, um, we, we want to make sure we integrate that into our experience in a way that makes sense for consumers. But I think the bigger opportunity, you know, I guess related opportunity, is to, to make sure as we build the product, we create a one-stop shop for all things golf that's actually compelling for golf fans. For us, we're going to listen to consumers. Uh, so it, it, it's about building something that people love, it, it, which ties into this whole super fan vertical concept. Uh, they're super fans because they love the content. And so we need to build 
uh, a vessel that they love to consume content through. Um, whether that's through AI or just a really slick UI UX or, or the right pricing and packaging strategy, all of that, or the right editorial strategy, or the right localization strategy, all of that needs to fit together um, in, into one experience that people love. Um, and if you build something that people love, I'm super confident that we're going to be successful. Sure, and you mentioned you mentioned the pricing strategy there. Is how you've mentioned it's going to be that it's going to be flexible market by market. But how how clear an idea do you have of of what you are looking to start out with, or is it very much going to be a case of seeing what works and and then adjusting in accordance with what you with what you find? Absolutely, I think the answer is both. We're going to come out um, in the next month or so with our initial pricing. Um, um, but we'll continue to experiment with different with different options, um, with different versions of free trials, with different packaging constructs. Maybe it's just buy the last two hours of an event. Maybe it's follow a specific player. We won't launch with all of that, but we're going to try all of those things and see what works. Back to my listening to our fans, we're going to we're going to listen to them, and and we're going to give them different options, and we're going to see what engages them. Yeah, that feels like a, a good length for a <laughs> a good length for a podcast. Thank you very much for um. Yeah, for for chatting once again, for answering, yeah, a whole range of questions there. Uh, well, it's my pleasure, and uh, you know, we're like I said, this is uh, um, <laughs> there's a lot to do, and there's a lot of unknown, but it's a, it's a fun, um, and uh, you know, people are passionate about this, and so yep. um, it's uh, exciting to come to work every day.